This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Remember, it's presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. If you're looking for tickets for an upcoming game at TCF Bank Stadium, Target Center, or XL Center, visit TicketKingOnline.com or the link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. Ticket King has all your tickets for football, hockey, and basketball, plus all the concerts, all the theaters, and at all venues. And Ticket King can take care of you for out-of-town concerts, sporting events, and more. Call 65 65- or visit TicketKingOnline.com For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings we present Bonus Chatter Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered and uninterrupted This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast Welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, and I'm joined by Derek Wetmore, the football savant of 1500 ESPN. I was going to point it out if you didn't. So but, I, you know, you. I, already, I already know you well enough. You need to have the grand entrance. There's <laughs> yeah, got to be a grand absolutely. entrance. And, and let's be honest, the ego stroke a little bit. <laughs> We've got to pick them up a little bit, too, folks. Now, we're going to get forward into why the sky is not falling on these Minnesota Vikings who have lost three of the last four games. We'll get to the outlook on the rest of the season, how they could clinch a play off spot by Sunday. Uh, do we think they can win the division? Obviously, they got three games left, finishing at Lambeau Field on January 3rd. Where are we at with Eric Kendricks? Uh, before that, too, we'll discuss some of the injured players of the Vikings and then our picks segment for Sunday as the Vikings face the Chicago Bears. Now, the Vikings have lost three or four games, mm-hmm. all to playoff teams when we're looking at yeah. Green Bay, Arizona, and Seattle. Those are teams they will have to face in January if they get there to some point. So that's got to be downtrodden that you did lose every chance you had to kind of mm-hmm. come up with with a statement win, uh, yeah. if you want to call it that, with Mike Zimmer. But you have to like their chances, Derek, moving forward. Home games against the reeling Bears and Giants, uh, and then obviously going to Lambeau Field, where Green Bay has not looked spectacular this right. entire season. Well, just to look in the rearview mirror for a second um, before turning my focus back up out the windshield, uh, looking ahead of this team, the losses to Green Bay and Seattle, I think, should be taken in a totally different context than the one in Arizona. That's the one in point. Arizona, I would say, and you've listened to this podcast often enough, Andrew, I am not <laughs> the kind of person that says, like, ah, yeah, they lost, but here's why it was great. Here's why there were some good things. It's like the loss is sort of the overarching theme of everything else. And if you want to pick silver linings, fine, take some positivity out of it. I think the Arizona game, despite the fact that they lost on that last-second strip sack by Dwight Freeney, like, Honestly, that's a pretty good game for the Vikings. I don't, I could not have imagined it going any better for them. Um, and this was coming from the guy who was the only one in town who said that they had a shot to win that game. Uh, I picked them to lose by three scores, yeah, so it wasn't and, me. That's not who you're talking about. And regular <laughs> listeners of the Purple Podcast will remember that uh, I, I said there. I, I laid out the case early on in the podcast last week for why they might have won that game, why they had a shot. Now they didn't win, so. 
If they had a shot that obviously yeah. this isn't like I'm throwing the Vikings a parade for hey congratulations you almost beat a better team than you. No. So I should cancel that reservation of Nicolette Avenue? If you would, yeah, oh, I think. Okay. That's a lot of money I put down there. Honestly though, it's going to be so cold. Don't you want to save the parade for the spring anyways? That's and a then, good point. Honestly, I love Minnesota, but the weather in February in March just not it does not really lend itself well to doing a parade. So if we are going to do that, is that um, why they haven't won a championship in a long time? It's just you know, guys, the parade is such a hassle. Correlation causation. It's such a hassle. Correlation is not causation. <laughs> I think I think the parade will have to be in April. We'll decide that right now. But anyways, I just wanted to say to put into context, the Arizona loss to me is not as damning, is not nearly as concerning. You showed that with a short-handed defense, you could compete with a team who. Hell, might be playing in the Super Bowl in a couple oh, of months here. Yep. So I would say the Seattle losses and and the Green Bay one, yeah, of course, those are a little concerning. Um, but now to take my focus from the rearview mirror and back to the windshield, I would say there's a not a – I was going to say non-zero chance that this happens, but I know you hate the phrase non-zero That's chance. one cliche that I will chop down. That's not a cliche. Yeah, it is. No, the chance, the percentage chance that the Vikings win the next three games – uh, I don't know what the actual number would be, but like I, I kind of like their chances for the, every game the rest of the season. There's also a non-zero chance a meteor just derails right. the Earth. We spin into the sun, yes, and that's why is. I that's why I hate non-zero. No, chance. thank you for coming over to my side of the. No, argument. no, it's dumb because anything is possible, as Kevin Garnett once said. Anything is possible. I like their chances, Mr. Wetmore, because the Chicago Bears are a team they've already beaten on the road. They play yeah. Obviously, the Vikings have played much better at home, save for their last one against the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. But they're a team that looks much more comfortable in the confines of TCF Bank Stadium. And as the weather turns, as Mike Zimmer has said all along, this team is probably, its identity and the way it plays is probably going to be more conducive sure. uh, to winning than, let's say, a Chicago team that really does rely on Jay Cutler's arm and airing it out. Um, but you have to like their chances specifically because of how they've played earlier in the season. They have tripped over these great teams that you're going to see in January if you get there. But at the same time, they've beaten the teams. They separated themselves, and you see it in the wild card standings. When they have now a two-game lead in the wild card with three games to go, they have separated themselves from what is the bottom of the conference sure. or even the middle of the conference. They're not the top-tier team, but they're not you know the middle even. There they're, is that weird. They're in that five and six. They're in that wild card race with a chance to, to claim the division still. So they have made that kind of separation where they clearly are a better team than the Bears. Yeah. They're more talented than the Giants. I would say as uh, presidential candidate Bernie Sanders is want to say the middle class is disappearing in the <laughs> nfc there are there Actually, are the i would halves. say it's fattening either <laughs> okay. that if you want to it depends on what you call the lower class i guess sure i, I would w- consider the vikings upper middle class right now yes and they are even though mike zimmer wants to say they're in the low rent I know. district yeah well they're probably just being frugal they're being stingy with their money and and knowing that they can rent at a nicer place but deciding not to i think and and to use another term from politics or economics i think that Upward mobility does exist in the NFL. I think that the Vikings could go from an upper-middle-class team with a little bit better quarterback play and protection that they could be one of those top-tier teams considering the horses they're about to get back on defense. And that gets to the point, too, that I believe they can win uh, the NFC North because I think they're more talented than the Green Bay Packers are. Uh, I I just think right now... A lot of things have happened with Green Bay to kind of put uh, a Band-Aid on what is a big problem over there, specifically with their offense. Yeah, I think, number 12 is a pretty big Band-Aid. Well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, two specific wins over Detroit, sure. which was just a complete Hail Mary play that I don't think anybody, not even Aaron Rodgers, could replicate if you wanted to try that again right now. Yep. 
And then obviously the the win here in Minnesota just three weeks ago, four weeks ago, um, when the Vikings just shot themselves in the foot, and that's really what it was. Their biggest plays were ones where they messed up, uh, whether it was penalties, sure. just boneheaded plays. And so this Vikings team to me is a lot more talented. It is the most talented in the division now that we've seen every team play. Right. I think they have a reasonable shot at going into Lambeau Field should they get done what they need to get done here the next two weeks in winning the division. Your thoughts? My intrigue was sparked by an email I got earlier today. I don't know if you get these emails, but Nigerian prince asking for money. And he all he wants all is he a wanted. quick all he wants is a quick loaner and I'm going to quadruple my investment in 2 weeks and in 6 weeks I'm going to be a millionaire. So I'll still do the podcast I'm with gonna you. I'm going to lock in. Who's not going to lock in with that? I mean, come uh, on. Have you seen that commercial? Is it Bill Hader when uh, Siri reads the email to him? Nigerian Prince, blah, blah. Oh, that's right. He goes, yep, yep. are you interested? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, makes his day. Um, uh, that actually is not the email that got me excited. The email that – and excited is the wrong word. Um, I'm excited about this scam. I'm about to get ripped off. Um. No, there was this email that caught my attention earlier today, though, and it it lends to what you're talking about with the Vikings probably being the better team, the Packers clearly having the better quarterback. So there are emails that circle, circulate every once in a while using Bovada odds, and they're kind of in all sports, but they're targeted at uh, whether it's local media members or whatever in any different market. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them I got today was just a blanket email for the NFL Week 15 odds and the first thing listed per Bovada are the odds to win the Super Bowl this upcoming year. The Packers are something like fifth or sixth on this list at ten to one. The Vikings are five or six spots lower than them at fifty to one. So the Packers, per this math, are five times more likely to win the Super Bowl. And I don't think I agree with that math. And that's talking about two thousand sixteen. Right, the Not, 2016 Super Bowl. Oh, right. meaning so the one upcoming. Correct. Here in a couple yeah, weeks. it's oh, February wow. 2016. Yeah, that shows you how Vegas just swings with those W's and L's. Well, I mean, and it's quarterbacks yeah. though too, and I think no, that the right. Packers you're have right. kind of always been up there. Even though if you were looking at the let's let's just take up every position player and add up the level of talent, I think you and I would both agree that the Vikings have more talent, especially on the defensive side. Yeah, it, but. It, the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, and that is what Bovada is looking at. Exactly. To me, the Vikings are more a talented team across the board than the Green Bay Packers, and now we understand it's Bears week. We're going to get to them in a bit. Hey, this is Andrew Kramer with the Purple Podcast. I just want to thank you guys for checking us out every week, and if you like the podcast, please go check us out on iTunes, leave a review. Four or five stars would be appreciated, but if you don't like Derek Wetmore's hot football takes or you think Judd Zolgad's a little too negative, you can go ahead and give us a one-star rating if you feel so inclined. But those reviews are going to help us spread the word of the Purple Podcast, the best Minnesota Vikings analysis in town. Now, back to the podcast. Winning the division, that's relevant. Winning, and that's kind of what you're looking at there in, in terms of what that means for the playoffs, and would you rather win the division? Because then that means you might be hosting the sixth seed, which very well could be the Seattle Seahawks or the Green Bay Packers saying they should if you throw, won the division. I'm not game. saying that, but there's really no way they'll be able to grab that fifth seed either. So their, their chances are probably the best just to claim the division. To do that, I believe they're more talented than the Green Bay Packers, except for that one position that yeah. is the most important in sports at quarterback. And as we know, quarterback can lift 
the play around you more so than any other position, I think, in any other sport, even point guard and basketball. I just think you can make other people better that way. The Vikings are not there yet, and certainly I don't don't think anybody would ever call Teddy Bridgewater even anywhere close to Aaron Rodgers. So. But he's a kid that has shown 335 yards at Arizona that he can get it done. He can sling the ball when he's comfortable and has time. And I think, too, they might have found something there in that Arizona game that can kind of work going forward when we're talking about an offensive balance or philosophy. Teddy Bridgewater looked a lot more comfortable with Adrian Peterson in those passing sets. Now, Adrian might not have been as comfortable running out of them because that showed, I think, he only had something like 11 yards in the second half. I think it was 13 yards on 11 carries in the second half. Most of them in that first drive and after that. You heard from him, but he just wasn't. Yeah, and much. after halftime, he was non-existent. Right. Uh, when the Vikings mainly kind of went back to pass, but Adrian was in the game, and that's something I think they kind of not realized, but at least maybe refocused and found was the fact that when he is in there, because keep in mind, in the middle of the season, the Vikings took Adrian out of those plays. He Correct. was only in there when they had multiple tight ends. He was only in there when they had a fullback. He was only in there when they were clearly going to run, and then it was okay, Teddy. We want you to pass out of those run formations. That's where Teddy kind of looked uncomfortable. Here in Arizona, they mixed it up and said, no, Adrian, we're going to start putting you back into those kind of passing formations. You saw the linebackers get sucked up. You saw Teddy hitting the plays downfield. The one to Michael Pruitt was a great example. It was like a 32-yard long kind of crossing route where the linebackers got sucked up by Adrian's play action. His presence in that formation catches a big big pass. Those are the kind of things that you want to see moving forward. And if they kind of – I think they might have found that kind of formula that works for them because they did it against the second that there was no slouches in sure, Arizona. Yeah. yeah, you think, based on Mike Zimmer's comments that we heard on Friday, the Vikings stick with that a little bit more? Well, I asked him. Yeah, I asked him about that, and I said, is that something you saw in Arizona, or is that something you maybe... Like specific to the yes, Cardinals? Yes, and maybe thought you could take advantage of, and he said, no, I, maybe we want to do more of that moving forward. Sure. And I think that opened up kind of some things downfield. The thing is, though, your offensive line has to play as well as they did against Arizona. Now, you people are probably kind of crunching their nose because it's like, well, Matt Khalil got beat and they lost the game. Up to that point, they had had a lot of confidence in what their offensive line was doing, what Teddy was doing. That's why you call that play with 13 seconds left because you had been doing it up until that point. Mm -hmm. That game was one of the better games the offensive line had played probably in months, probably since the last time they played Detroit. And so I think that's a situation where you need to get that kind of play in order for this kind of long developing passing game to hold up. You can't bet on that every Sunday, though, if you're the Minnesota Vikings. So it's still got to run through Adrian Peterson. I don't expect them to lean on Teddy Bridgewater as much as they did on Thursday moving forward, especially when they face a Bears defense that has struggled against the run more so than the pass here. How much do you think that they can – this is shifting gears a little bit back to Chicago. How much do you think that the Vikings can take from what they did successfully against Chicago? Because let's keep in mind, 23 points ain't exactly a barn burner. No, uh, and they haven't been world beaters on offense at all. Yeah. Yeah, That's about their average. So that's my thought, that like, okay, was there anything that you plucked from that game that makes you think, okay, the Vikings are capable of having – a good game against Chicago's defense. I'll be interested to see. The one thing I think they could take from that game is not necessarily on offense. It might be on defense. The fact that they decided not to shadow Alshon Jeffrey, and he went off for like 10 catches, 100-some yards, and a touchdown. And and to be fair, the touchdown he had was over Xavier Rhodes. So Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if shadowing him with Xavier is going to all of a sudden solve the problem, but it might limit his impact overall because he was a killer once again. And they've been beat by Chicago's big receivers. Mm -hmm. I think Jay Cutler, when he sees the Vikings on the schedule, he must just kind of get this – 
visioning instead of Brandon Marshall dancing over Josh Robinson. Quick lights a cigarette and <laughs> smokes it. Just a, just a life-size meme. Um, <laughs> I, I think, though, that the Vikings could take away that in terms of maybe maybe they should kind of approach this the way they did with the Atlanta game, yeah. which is to use Xavier Rhodes to shout of the big-time target. And also kind of bracket him with the because safety help. the Bears too. don't have Brandon Marshall. They don't have Kevin White, their top draft pick, who's now been ruled out for the year. Uh, outside of that, they just got Martellus Bennett down the field, really. So that's something I think they can take from. The one thing, though, that's going to change with this Bears game and the Vikings and how they play them on defense, uh, it's going to hurt if, obviously, they can't have Linval Joseph or Anthony Barr in there. But the Bears now, and it's it's all because of Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith is to blame for this. Yeah. Um, they're using now two running backs and using them very well, and they seem to be very effective in terms of that kind of swapping snaps and trading off between Matt Forte and Jeremy Langford. Now, obviously, Langford's the rookie out of Michigan State. Uh, Forte, uh, you don't need to explain who he is. They're both very effective, and they have been uh, out of these uh, kind of dual sets for the Bears. It's all because Harrison Smith hurt Matt Forte yeah. back, the hitman's fault, back right? in November 1st. Uh, it was a situation where, obviously, if people remember, Harrison Smith went low on Forte. I think he hit him in the thigh or the knee. Clean hit. Kind of clean hit. Uh, just knocked him out of the game. And then that was probably a reason why they won that game, too, because then on the following drive, when the Vikings tied it at 20-all, the Bears went out there. They could have driven down the field, kicked a game-winning field goal. Instead, they went three and out because Forte's replacement in Langford mm-hmm. dropped the ball. Yeah. And so now you've got them basically finding out that, oh, this Langford kid can really play. Let's use both. Let's keep Matt Forte fresh. And that might be a big struggle for them, especially as the Vikings have not contained the run as well as they should without Linval Joseph. A quick question, and maybe this isn't a quick answer, but just before we get back to this topic here um, on on Chicago's offense, but uh, Harrison Smith, you mentioned, chances he comes back this week? It's a good point. Yeah, he returned to practice uh, today, which is a good sign. He was in full pads, running, which is good, because uh, obviously he had missed practice last week. He was held out again on Tuesday when we saw it, but Wednesday, as we record this podcast, Harrison Smith was practicing, uh, although Anthony Barr was not. So I assume Harrison Smith will be back if he's already kind of on the practice field, seemingly without limitations on a Wednesday, okay. which is going to be huge for them, because when you looked at that game at Arizona, too, they you got to credit Mike Zimmer for the kind of game plan he drew up and simplifying things while keeping things, you know, while keeping Arizona on their toes by still disguising coverages. Uh, they didn't do a lot of outlandish stuff with starting Trey Wayne, starting Anthony Harris at safety. And some of those big plays you figure would have been saved by Harrison Smith. Yeah. And so he's going to be key not only in their run defense as well, but just kind of keeping a cap over the top on offenses, especially against the Bears, who love right. to throw it downfield. Yeah. So I think Harrison will probably have a good chance of returning. It'll, I'm interested to see, though, with – yeah, just an injury update with Linval Joseph. He was working with a trainer on the side of practice. So it's, that's the first time we've seen him in two weeks, but you don't really want to rush him back with how important he is to your defense. And right. Anthony Barr was not seen and he's kind of dealing with a groin injury right now. I mean, chance to make the playoffs. So yeah, you'd like to get that guy back and make sure you win this game. But looking ahead, if you've got your high beams on, like before when I was looking out my windshield, I just had my regular headlights. Now you put the high beams on and you say, okay, Chicago, New York, and then the Packers. After that, so you're not setting yourself up for Week 17 anymore. You're setting yourself up for Week 18, 19. Uh, you'd rather make sure Linval Joseph's 100%, given how pivotal, uh, how pivotal he's shown to be in this defense. Yeah. Funny anecdote, actually, this week, Sharif Floyd in the locker room was asked about uh, Linval Joseph coming back, and you know uh, what is the not like not like what is the status? Because the player's never going to tell you. Oh yeah, he's going to come back this week. You know, cats out of the bag. Actually, four broken bones in his right foot. And yeah, he's done. <laughs> he said, um, "Yeah, no one's more. No one's." I talk to the, this guy every week, man. 
he basically was like begging. He, he said, yeah, I talked to him every week, and, and this week I told him, please come back. <laughs> just just please come back. You know, I I know I know you've been hurt. I know the injuries are tough, but tell you, just come back. I'll give you my toe, man. I'll give you my toe. <laughs> if it would mean you come back, I'll give it to you. And, hey, if not, at least give me 10 of your pounds because, man <laughs> – do I respect your job? It's basically, he was saying that, to paraphrase it, Floyd gets shoved around in there quite a bit, and the big body of Linval Joseph to occupy two blockers has been a huge help to the Vikings And the defense. thing is, too, it's a different technique for Sharif to kind of Correct. be in there taking up the double teams. Normally, you kind of he thrives, Sharif does, when he's outside, on the outside shade of a guard, working the one-on-one matchups, using his speed. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of, okay, just Kind of be that. Get in the way. Be the drain plug. Here. Yeah. Just, just, just <laughs> stop things right there. That's and gross. That's what Linval gets the high, the big bucks to do. Correct. And he's done very well at that. And I think too, when I look back on it, and this is hindsight, obviously, because we're seeing how this run defense is played without Linval. Uh, he, I think he played a big part in how well Eric Kendricks played out of the gate. And I think, and we'll get to Eric Kendricks here in a little bit, but. Eric Kendricks uh, played a lot better when Linval was in front of him taking up those. He makes he makes the linebacker's job as a whole so much easier just yeah. by taking up the double teams and forcing an offensive line to use two guys on him, whereas maybe they might not have to against a Sharif Floyd who's at nose. Yeah. Floyd said, every, someone asked, is it really that bad playing nose tackle? And he just quickly answered, Yes. Just ask Kevin Williams. I yes, remember, it's that bad. I remember, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Every bad thing that could happen, that's at nose. That's how bad it is along that Kevin part of the Williams is line. one of the toughest players I've ever covered, obviously. And I remember I covered his last year in 2013 with the Vikings when they had uh, a nose in Fred Evans, but I think he was down at one week. And then on a short week, heading into a Thursday game, similar to kind of how last week was, they needed Kevin to shift over to nose. And we talked to him at his locker, and he turns around, he sees us, you know, he kind of just gives that, all right, guys, let's get this over with. And we walk up and just the first thing, I think one of the questions was, so, nose tackle. And he laughs and just goes, ha, yeah, that's going to have to happen this week, isn't it? <laughs> He's just like looking at us like this impending doom, like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, he went go. out there and had one of the best games, at least of his okay. o- later in his career, two and a half sacks, just absolutely killed it for him. After the game, somebody said, hey, Hey, you did pretty well out there. You're going to stay there? And he laughed again and said, hell no. <laughs> I am not going to stay there. I don't care how well I did. Are you kidding me? Just, just, I'm going to have to spend so much time in the training room now. Right. <laughs> so basically the, the moral of the story is the, th- the, the three techniques, the defensive tackles were paid to get after the quarterback and, and paid to kind of win the one-on-one matchups. They have a new appreciation for the dirty work done by those nose tackles. Yeah, yeah, and maybe don't love it when they have to shift over. Um, no. I do have a quick note on Martellus Bennett. Uh, he was put on season-ending IR. Oh, that's right. I forgot uh, about that. Last week, he had the rib injury. So, yeah, that's a big loss for them. So. Zach Miller is going to be – I think he's the, the only other tight end on the roster. I'd have to double-check that. But yeah. I know that we were talking about the downfield passing attack. That's the thing I wanted to circle back to was that – um, going to look a little bit different than it did at Soldier Field when the Vikings beat them uh, earlier in the year. Yeah, especially with they're so banged up and they just don't have a lot of talent outside Alshon Jeffrey. So I expect if Harrison Smith plays, I expect there to be a lot of Rhodes and Harrison Smith kind of combos over yeah. the top on Jeffrey because if you can take away that weapon for them and then basically just use your seven guys up front, because uh, honestly, if Barr's out, 
their best run defense is their nickel package right yeah. now. It's not starting Edmund, captain on the field instead yep, of going three linebackers. It's deep. not starting Edmund Robinson on the outside. It's actually getting captain in there, kind of treating him as that kind of third linebacker in yeah. the box. Very yeah. small linebacker, really undersized, but he packs a punch. Though, yeah, five nine. He'll he'll tell you those those three corners that they have in, in Terrence, Captain, and Xavier are some of the better trio of tackling corners. Okay. So if you can have them all on the field, you can stop that lateral short stuff. And so I expect to see a lot of that. Uh, but I think a key for them is going to be stopping that two-headed running game, sure. and it's going to be how can Eric Kendricks play because he missed a lot of tackles. They allowed uh, they allowed 4.8 yards to David Johnson on Thursday. That kind of gets overlooked by the fact that they almost won the game, yeah. but yep. David Johnson quietly put together a, a good game for the Cardinals against the Vikings, and that's coming after the Vikings allowed three straight 100-yard rushers between Rawls, Coleman, and Eddie Lacy. And so they've kind of slipped a little bit here in the past few games on the ground, and if Chicago can get that going – Basically, it's going to be a matchup then of can Adrian Peterson outproduce that? Because the Chicago Bears now have struggled in previous weeks kind of stopping the ground game. So that's going to be something I think the Vikings have to take care of and get back to holding the football. Right. That's a three, good point. Three fumbles. They had had four lost fumbles the entire year up until Thursday. They lost three. Uh, and so now that they were one of the best kind of ball security teams in the NFL. And now they're obviously not after losing three in one game. They can't afford to do that against a Bears team. Uh, I think that could surprise them a little bit. Let me ask you something because I tried to run this by a couple of players this week. How do you view the Chicago Bears? Are they a different team now? Because when the Vikings beat them, it was like, okay, boy, this is a rebuilding team and they're in a lot of trouble. Uh, yeah, I think even though I'll use the word tanking when it came, sure, sure. <laughs> it came yeah. to the Bears. I think, yeah, yeah you said uh, the the Philadelphia Chicago Bears yeah. uh, in reference to the, the Chicago 76ers. 76ers yeah. There you go. That That's actually probably funnier. <laughs> we'll go with that. Um, and, and Okay, so the Vikings just narrowly beat them, but I think I would argue that the Vikings didn't play a particularly strong game, and that's the yeah. reason they just barely beat what I would have considered at the time a bad team. But now Chicago goes and plays close with Denver. They beat Green Bay in kind of an ugly game. And, like, do, does has the team changed, or is that a product of the teams that they were playing just changing throughout the year, too? Yeah, when I look at the Chicago team and I say, you know, I am confident. I think the Vikings should – they're more talented. They should easily be able to win at home against this group. But when I say the Chicago Bears might be able to surprise them, you go back and look at the few games Chicago has played. They beat Green Bay, but the teams they've lost to, it's all been by one score. Yeah, I mean, they're I close. believe it's been Pittsburgh, San Francisco, teams like that, where they've all been kind of games where they just let it, let it go at the end. And I know Robbie Gold, too, their kicker, has missed a few kicks that would have won games for them. So they're kind of going through their own Blair Walsh incident here. Uh, and if the, if the Vikings can catch a break like that, that's great. And I think one phase, too, that the Vikings might be able to get up on them is special teams. You remember uh, Marcus Sherrill scored that punt return touchdown mm-hmm. in Soldier Field? Yep. Uh, they had Cordero Patterson score not that long ago for the Vikings. I think that would have been uh, against Seattle. And so you've seen some special teams plays that they could get an edge up on them. But in terms of Chicago... I think they have to be a different team based on the losses that they've incurred uh, when, we're, when we're talking about Martellus Bennett. Uh, obviously, Matt Forte being hurt. Now they kind of bring him back slowly and kind of ease him in with two running backs. I think Sharif Floyd told you this week that he sees a very different offense in Chicago, right? Yeah, that they've changed so much. But then one other Vikings player who asked didn't want to be quoted, it's fine, um, but I can use this information. It's a podcast. That's, that's what we do here. That... It might be more of a product of, well, they played the Broncos. They played the Packers. Yeah, they lost one score to the Broncos, too. That was it. That was another one. Uh, Yep, and uh, the Redskins, too. They lost uh, just last week. But, like, all right, he's like, just do me a favor. Look at those teams. Look at their identity. Especially, let's talk offensively. 
the offensive identity of the Broncos, the Packers, uh, Washington, the 49ers, these are teams that maybe a little bit different than what the Vikings are doing, where they're more or less unapologetically bucking the trend of passing 50 times in a game and saying, Adrian Peterson's our star. We're going to build the offense around him and try to figure out the passing game after that. So the thought process was, well, this isn't so much a product of the Bears changing a ton. It's more like from game to game, they run out different plans because of their opponent. And this player suggested, I don't know, I don't know where I stand on this. I don't know where you stand on this. The Bears are probably going to look a lot like they did in Soldier Field against the Vikings because it's the same team. And you'll see a similar game plan. They'll change it up, as Sharif Floyd said. They will definitely change some things and try to throw out things that the Vikings haven't seen yet this year on tape. But the thought that they've just drastically changed and done kind of a 180 since that Soldier Field, he said, "Uh, you might want to pump the brakes on that a little bit and look at who they're playing, and they're going to be playing the Vikings again this week. I guess that's a good segue into where are we at with a guy in Eric Kendricks. Where are we at? <laughs> where we're at with a guy in Eric Kendricks. I think he'll be really important uh, to the Vikings' success on defense on Sunday against the Chicago Bears at TCF Bank Stadium because, as you just pointed out with the Bears' offense, I agree with player X and that they're probably going to be similar to what they've done because they plug Jeremy Langford into that Matt Forte role yeah. when they bring him in there. Uh, basically, they won't have a giant target Martellus Bennett at tight end. That's their biggest loss from that last game that the Vikings played at Soldier Field. But Eric Hendricks is going to be very important to what they've done, and he's struggled without Linval Joseph in the lineup in front of him, taking up all those blockers and kind of wreaking havoc up front. Eric Hendricks is a guy who's looked kind of out of sync. He's out of sync. He's missed tackles. He uh, is misread. I think there was one play, too, in the Cardinals game that stuck out where it was like a 19-yard run. Uh, oh, no, it was a Seattle game. 19-yard run by Thomas Rawls where basically Eric just fell for the read option. Yeah. And he, his responsibility seemed to clearly be the running back who just sprinted right up the field. And why Eric Hendricks is becoming so important without Linval is because teams are attacking Sharif Floyd. And when teams start attacking that middle of the field, because they see Sharif playing out of position, they know it. They know that's not his natural spot. And so they start running right in between the tackles all game. And that's where you're going to get your middle linebacker and Eric Kendricks kind of getting worn down and and kind of getting his rookie warts exposed. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen that. I think we've seen the kind of him misreading plays at times, taking bad angles, missing tackles. I think the pieces around him, specifically Linval and even Anthony Barr, who's also been held out for two games, help kind of cover up for his mishaps. Sure. And just think back to when Mike Zimmer, when, when Eric Kendricks won, I think it was October uh, Defensive Rookie of the Month. That was obviously when everybody was healthy and he was playing with a full kind of uh, uh, you know stash next to him. Mike Zimmer said about that award, yeah, they should probably give it to the other 10 guys. Now, Mike Zimmer has never been a guy. He has never been a guy that's going to pat anybody on the back for an individual award. But specifically with this one in Kendricks, he was really kind of uh, not terse, but just kind of really succinct and like, yeah, I don't need to talk about this because there's nothing to talk about. As an objective observer, I'll be very curious to see what happens if and when the Vikings win the Super Bowl because all that Zimmer will be able to talk about after the game, are the missed tackles, the blown assignments? I don't because I actually asked him after he said they should give it to the other 10 guys. I said, Mike, is there any individual award you give any credit to? And he said, yeah, Super Bowl the MVP. Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> All right, so there you go. And then the other you know, 30 whatever guys that contribute to the game that, well, it was a good game, but you didn't win MVP. Yeah. You, can, you can get better. We'll get... Tomorrow, if you show up in my office, I'll be there to watch film with you. I thought Harrison's pick six was great, but you know what? He didn't win Super Bowl MVP. (laughs) Yeah, I'm curious to see that. 
That's um, putting the cart way before the Vikings horse on that one. In yeah, terms but of if, Super Bowl. As Super long Bowl as homeboy. the horse is walking backwards, I think that works okay. Like if you've got a two horse team and they are capable of walking backwards at any kind of appreciable rate, putting the cart in front of the horse in this case might actually make some sense. I guess. Or you could turn the horse around, right? And have it <laughs> hooked up to like the chest and it's then pushing the cart. Then you can put the cart in front of the horse. I don't like horses. Let's stop talking about horses. All right. I'm not. I, I don't know why I can't stand horses. That's a weird thing. Are you afraid of horses? Uh, I had a bunch of ex-girlfriends in high school who were, like, lived on farms and stuff and just had bad experiences with not the girls but the horses. <laughs> and so I just never liked horses. I don't know what it is. Say no more. I actually don't want to hear any more about this. That's um, good. That's good. All right. I, I won't bring up the cart before the horse <laughs> think, metaphor anymore. I think Eric Kendricks will play an important role, though, because Jay Cutler, the, the Chicago Bears, they do a lot with their running backs out of the backfield. Yeah. They use them in a lot of swing passes, a lot of screen games, a lot of angle routes out of the backfield. They like to use them as outlets quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And so Eric Hendricks is going to have his day cut out for him, not just only with what I anticipate a Bears running attack that is going to try and take advantage of the middle of the field if Linval Joseph is not there, but also on the outside. So he's going to have to really kind of use his range. And if Anthony Barr is not out there either, that's just one more person that they can kind of point to and, and take advantage of in terms of Eric Kendricks. Right. Uh, correct me if my memory does not serve me here, but in the first half in Chicago, they ran a whole bunch of wide receiver screens trying to get that going, and it was Kendricks. I think it was Captain Munnerlyn. And Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr. Yep. And I want to even say Terrence Newman made oh, a yeah. tackle. They're I really think, good at killing those plays. Think, that's, and that's all about play recognition yeah. and being smart and, and they knowing shut, what you're they shut those down. So Chicago, because the Vikings bring so much pressure, they were trying to get the ball out of there quickly, set yeah. up screens, never really developed, and they went away from and, that And the, the one half. thing I didn't see from Chicago, because you're right, they, what they did was they did a lot of receiver screens, which are kind of set up plays already. There's no movement. What I didn't see was what I'm kind of expecting to see because the, the Vikings' rush has been kind of down without Anthony Barr. They're okay. not blitzing as much. Yep. Uh, they're really not getting after the quarterback the way they're used to without Linval or Anthony back there. I expect the Bears then to do more of the long-developing screens where it's okay. like you drop Jay Cutler back, it's a delayed, and then you kind of leak a few offensive linemen and a running back out, sure. then dump it off to Langford or Forte. Those things, I didn't see that a lot in Chicago, but you're right. The Vikings absolutely killed those receiver screens, and we haven't seen many teams try those right. th- lately. Yeah, uh, and teams haven't had to to beat them. Um, but that's something where to counter that rush, they were going to it. And the, like I said, the Vikings' corners are some of the best tackling corners in the league, I think, and that's kind of what's helped them stifle that. Let's wow. get to our picks. Yeah, picks. Wrap it up. Let's do it. I think the Vikings are going to win this game. I didn't pick them to win Thursday, so I got back on track after foolishly picking them to win against the Packers and Seahawks. Uh, I think they're going to get back on track though become nine and five beat the chicago bears something to the tune of 26 to 20 i think home games are important i think the vikings can wrap up each of these next two weeks oh wait sorry one game at a time um (laughs) i take them to beat the bears i think talent for talent they stack up better um there are positions where i take the bears i favor the bears but um the totality of the matchup, I think the Vikings are the better team. And I'm curious to see if Harrison Smith comes back, I think that's a game changer. If Linval Joseph comes back, I think that's a huge game changer. They get any of those guys back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sandejo, not quite as much, oh, no, I meant but Barr. of the three, yeah, of Barr, Linval, and uh, Harrison, the, if they get one of those three guys back, it's pretty big. I think it's hard to say, but based on what we saw at practice today, Harrison probably the first back of those three. And the Vikings are openly expecting Andrew Sandejo back. So finally... You've got a backfield in the secondary there. You trust a little bit more, and I think that that changes things for the Bears. And the injuries for the Bears have probably been more hurtful 
than injuries to the Vikings, at least in terms of offense. And we'll see if the Vikings have the horses on Sunday at TCF. No, you're Stadium using that one. Against the Chicago Bears. That's an Adrian old favorite. I think it was one of the old press conferences. Somebody asked Adrian if, if they felt this team. I think it might have been 2012. Somebody asked Adrian if they felt this team had the horses to kind of get the horses. Oh, yeah, I think they do. I think I do. I think I got the horses. <laughs> what does he mean, like like horsepower? I, I Honestly, I, I feel like Adrian Peterson's power could it, probably be measured in horsepower. When dumb questions meet athletes, magic is made. <laughs> All right, folks, I want to appreciate you for checking out the Purple Podcast. Please check us out, iTunes, Podcast One, SoundCloud, and at 1500ESPN.com. Stay tuned for 60-second AP News headlines. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged or Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bleeding noses and broken bones. Why? because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts.